0: If the word revelation means to reveal, how is it that so many people can't understand the book of Revelation? If you are to know what lies ahead for this world and for you personally, it's important to know the meaning of this book. And you can understand the meaning of its symbols as well, if you approach this book with Godly respect. So let's do that today. Let's unveil Revelation so you can understand what is revealed inside. What do all of those unusual symbols really mean? You can understand the truth about the strange beast with seven heads and ten horns which is like a leopard with feet like a bear and the mouth of a lion. We're told that this beast is empowered by Satan and many people in the world will worship this beast. Or what about the one that follows it in chapter 13? It has two horns like a lamb, but speaks like a dragon. Are you able to understand who these beasts are, as well as grasp the meaning of the number 666? Who is it that will ride his white horse to victory with his army of saints to overcome the evil and wicked rulers at the end of this age? I can tell you now, there are important keys to the mysteries hidden from view that you need to understand. You can know what God's intentions are for planet Earth in the next few years. I know that you will want to know what these important keys are, so stay tuned. A warm welcome to Tomorrow's World, where each week we explain the clear truths in your Bible. We strive to give you what the Bible actually says. We don't try to make the Bible say what we want it to say. Does this include the book of Revelation? Well, yes, it does. And you can understand this book. So today we're going to unveil the book of Revelation and reveal seven keys to help you in your understanding. What do Bible scholars and different churches think about the book of Revelation? Let's take a quick look at what they say. Catholic theologians, for example, say the following. The Apocalypse, or Revelation to John, the last book of the Bible, is one of the most difficult to understand because it abounds in unfamiliar and extravagant symbolism, which at best appears unusual to the modern reader. The commentary proceeds to a conclusion that the book presents the decisive struggle of Christ and his followers against Satan and his cohorts as being already over. According to this perspective, Satan has already been defeated and has no power on the earth today. Really? You need to prove to yourself the truth of this matter. What did the Protestant fathers believe about this book? let's consider their teachings. Martin Luther stated in his preface to the book of Revelation in 1522, it makes me consider it to be neither apostolic nor prophetic. And John Calvin didn't even write a commentary about it at all. Now, the Eastern Orthodox Church, on the other hand, accepts the book of Revelation as a part of the canon, but, They never read it in their liturgy. So what makes this book so hard for different denominations and people to accept or comment on? It's because many of them have doctrines and beliefs that don't fit with the themes developed in its 22 chapters. Now look, I'm not criticizing other faiths and beliefs. They stand on their own doctrinal positions. But if God called it revelation, that is to reveal or uncover, then we should be able to understand it, right? Yes, but we need to also accept that there are some important conditions placed on those to whom God will reveal his truth. It's not just anyone who can understand the book of Revelation. We need to ask God for his gift of understanding. Let's ask God to make the meaning clear as we unveil Revelation, and as we do, will reveal one key after another to understand this wonderful book. So, key number one is Christ is the revelator. Now first I need to tell you what a revelator is. It's a person with the authority to reveal truth that's hidden. Such an individual often has a set of keys so that they can open locks or... They're given permission to remove the seals that close a scroll in which mysteries are written. In Revelation chapter 5 and in verse 2, the angels in heaven ask the question, Who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? And then the answer is given in verse 5. The Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll. That person then is Jesus Christ and he alone has the authority to reveal the truth. To prove that he alone is the one who can reveal, let's start with the first verse of the first chapter of the book of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. Now this short sentence tells us more about the book the author and the audience than most people realize. Who generated knowledge? But actually says God the Father himself. Who is the revelator? Well, it's clear that Jesus Christ is. And who is the audience, the intended recipients? It's his servants. Servants are those who obey their master. One is reminded of another scripture from the Old Testament which says something similar. In Amos chapter 3 and verse 7, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Now we know that since the days of John, when he wrote the book of Revelation, there have been no new prophecies. God, however, does reveal the understanding and meaning of his prophecies to those who serve him faithfully. But remember also, that Peter tells us that there are to be no private interpretations of prophecy. Only Jesus Christ is able to reveal the truth in his book to his church. So key number one then is that Jesus Christ is the revelator. Let's now unveil the book a little more. Key number two is this, start with the text. When commentators try to interpret this book of Revelation by using their own ideas they are sure to get it wrong. If the Bible already uses allegory in another one of its books, you can be sure that God will continue to use the same symbols. The fear of God will bring us to a desire to let Him and Him only reveal His truth. Test us here at Tomorrow's World. See if we use the Bible as the authority for what we say and what we write. Don't believe us if what we say doesn't accord with God's Word. Long-time viewers will recognise this point as one of the keys to Bible study presented by Richard Ames. Simply stated, the Bible uses many of the same symbols throughout its pages. Because the Old Testament is disregarded by many people these days, people wanting to understand the symbols of Revelation can miss out on the key indicators if they ignore the Old Testament. Let me show you what I mean. Revelation chapters 13 and 17 use beasts as types of government or individuals. When we compare them with the beasts in the book of Daniel chapter 7, we understand that they represent particular empires that ruled in ages past. They were, however, all part of the greater Babylonian system that has had several revivals down through history. Believe it or not, we're experiencing the rebirth of this system in Europe today. We can see how these symbols make up parts of one of the beasts of Revelation 13. For example, the ancient empire of Babylon, it was a lion, Persia, a bear, Greece, a leopard, and Rome, an ugly ten horned beast are well known to Bible scholars and we can recognize that they make up the parts of the composite beast in Revelation chapter 13. It's amazing how many theories and ideas are currently being put forward to explain the beast of Revelation. Ideas such as a Chinese red dragon to an Islamic madman. They're all being offered but the answers are so easily understood by letting the Bible interpret the Bible. Let's understand that God is going to bring great calamities on an unsuspecting world, but he also wants his true followers to know in advance what those events will be. There are those who would try to bring their own interpretations to a study of the book. Notice Revelation chapter 22 verse 18. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. A sober warning, wouldn't you agree? For this reason, we're very careful not to speculate as we present the clear outline of the book. By knowing who the revelator of the plan of God is, and by using the language and the symbols that He has used, throughout the Bible, we can approach the next important key that will be revealed as we unveil Revelation. So key number two was start with the text. Let us now go to the third key to be unveiled today. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, Visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. The third key is the purpose of revelation. The purpose of revelation is given to us in the first verse. Do you remember? The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave Him, to show his servants things which must shortly take place. It's simple, isn't it? The servants who were to receive the truth had to be living in the few years just before all of these prophesied things take place. It was not written for the time of the apostles. John didn't understand the full meaning of what he was writing. For 2000 years, Bible students couldn't see the picture because it was not the time for them to receive it. And yet now that we are in the last days, the time has come for understanding. Even so, many modern Bible students try to fit, squeeze and shove this book into their own concepts and they wonder why it just won't work. Let me explain. Amongst many theologians, the idea exists that the present so-called Christian church or Christendom, as it's sometimes called, is the kingdom of God on earth. They believe that the kingdom of God has already been established and that given enough time and goodwill, the church will bring about a universal kingdom of God on earth. Really? So many wars, famines, murders, rapes, and corporate thefts? That can't be part of the Kingdom of God can it? No, it's actually going to get worse before it gets better at the return of Jesus Christ. The Bible reveals that the world's religions are and will be even more dominated by the old pagan Babylonian mystery religion. This ancient empire has bequeathed to modern so-called Christianity its pagan beliefs so that They have become familiar doctrines around us. The book of Revelation shows us clearly that Jesus Christ will return in glory to this planet and his true followers will be here with him on earth, co-ruling with him in the kingdom of God. The world's governments will be administered by him and his saints and ultimately a new heaven and a new earth will replace this present physical world. No wonder so many people are confused by the book of Revelation. It's a lot like the picture on the jigsaw box being different to what the pieces inside will make. You know, it takes Jesus Christ to show how the pieces of the jigsaw fit together. The only reason that God gives His people the truth about the future is so that they can correctly teach and preach and then promote the good news of the coming Kingdom of God. In Revelation chapter 12 and in verse 9 we read the following, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. In other scriptures, that's 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 and Ephesians 2.2, we learn that Satan is the God of this world. The true God has not yet intervened to bring about his kingdom on earth. That is yet in the future. Many religious people think that there's a great duel going on between God and Satan. If that were true, some may say that Satan is winning. But let me tell you plainly, if there's a battle going on between Satan and God, have no doubts. God would win. Revelation is God's compilation of all the previous prophecies rolled into one book with all the details of the end time events. No wonder theologians say this book abounds in strange and extravagant symbolism which at best appears unusual to the modern reader. Understanding the purpose of the book of Revelation is a key to understanding the book that sadly many people just do not have Let's consider the fourth key that will be revealed as we unveil Revelation. Key number four is the day of the Lord. When I said day of the Lord or even the Lord's day as it is also known, what did you think of? You know I'm certain that more than one of us thought Sunday but is that what is meant by the day of the Lord or the Lord's day in the book of Revelation? Chapter 1 in verse 10 says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Was this referring to Sunday? Absolutely not. It's referring to the events covering a period of 12 months at the end of the tribulation. Let me tell you, this is most certainly not going to be a Sunday school picnic. In fact, listen to the description given to us from the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, where we read the following. Blow the trumpet in Zion, that's Jerusalem, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. For the day of the Lord is coming. Listen to this. For it is at hand a day of darkness and gloominess. A people come, great and strong. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. In verse 10 it continues, The earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, The sun and moon grow dark and the stars diminish their brightness. As you put these seven keys to understanding Revelation to use, you'll come to realize that the day of the Lord constitutes the last 12 months of terror that will descend on this world after the Great Tribulation. The reason it is called the day of the Lord is because it's God's time of wrath and anger against a rebellious and sinning world that has been led by Satan the devil. It culminates in victory for God and Jesus Christ as Satan, the archetypical being of all evil, is captured and chained for 1,000 years. That's right. Not until then will Satan be completely removed from this world along with his wicked demons. In terms of the language and symbolism of Revelation, this day of the Lord period is covered by the seventh seal, which is also fulfilled by the seven trumpet blasts heard around the world. Let me quote from Revelation, The Mystery Unveiled. On page 29, the author John O'Gwyn writes the following, As each of the first four angels sound, terrible ecological disasters take place on the earth. When the first angel sounds, Fires break out, ultimately consuming one-third of the green vegetation. You know, until recently, such horrors would have seemed unimaginable. But in the last few years, ecological calamities are becoming more and more common. Huge forest fires are sweeping the globe each summer. God is preparing the world for the final stages of His wrath for our sins. Will you be ready for those times? God's holy word promises protection for his saints and those who have dedicated their lives in obedience to him. In the centerfold of this book, Mr. O'Gwin gives a helpful chart that is simple to understand. It's like a, a backbone for understanding his book. So key number four was the day of the Lord. Let's move on to the next key, key number five, what John recorded. Revelation chapter one verse two tells us what John recorded and why. We'll notice it says, John bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. For John, the first point to start from was the word of God, which was primarily the Old Testament in his time. Understanding how the prophecies of the old came together in harmony in this last book of the Bible gives us a complete picture that even the prophets of old didn't understand. The second point given to us is the testimony of Jesus and it's defined in Revelation 19 and in verse 10 as the spirit of prophecy. Finally, John put these two points together with what he saw. All that this 90-year-old man saw must have been terrifying at times for him, as he witnessed in vision the horrific events that lie ahead for our world. Atomic bomb clouds billowing into the sky would be hard to describe for John. As visions of multi-headed beasts and the destruction of the great city of Babylon flashed past him, he hurriedly wrote down what he saw. How could someone from 2,000 years ago described the scene of an army of 200 million in tanks and battle wagons crossing the dry Euphrates riverbed with billowing dust and the sound of roaring engines. Key number five then is what John recorded. We've now come to our sixth key to unlock the mysteries hidden to the understanding of the vast majority of people. Key number six is the Bible interprets its own symbols. We already saw in key number two that we must start with the text. This principle expands beyond the clearly stated meanings of the symbols to figurative language used in other parts of the Bible. Let me show you what I mean. Let's have a look if we can at Revelation chapter 12 verse 15. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood. We only have to go back to verse nine to see who the serpent is. We read there, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. In the first verse, we are introduced to a woman who gives birth To understand what the Bible means when it mentions a woman, we go to 2 John chapter 1. John addresses the church as the elect lady and in verse 13 closes his letter by referring to the church in Ephesus where he was living at the time as the children of your elect sister. So God's true church is the pure and chaste woman whom Jesus Christ will marry. Now what about the flood of water? that is spewed out of the devil's mouth? Well, once again, let's let the Bible tell us. Revelation chapter 17 verse 15 tells us the following. The waters which you saw are people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. A teeming mass of people, especially an army, is pictured as a flood of water. The sixth key again is the Bible interpreting its own symbols. Now for the final key to remember, key number seven, the book of Revelation is primarily in time sequence. To help you understand this key, we've printed the order of events outlined in this mysterious book. You will see that there are seven seals opened by Jesus Christ, with the seventh seal being the seven trumpets that are blown by seven angels. Now the seventh seal, Angel's trumpet blast ushers in the seventh last plague. When all is complete, God's glorious kingdom will be established on earth. Satan and his demons will be chained and made inoperative. And the total time frame for the Great Tribulation and the day of the Lord will be 42 months or 1260 days. Now, this is also called a time, times, and half a time or a year, two years and half a year. Of this three and a half year period, two and a half years will be the Great Tribulation and then the last 12 months will be the Day of the Lord. Today you have been given the seven keys. Once you have used these seven keys, you will be able to understand the message that Jesus Christ has for you personally. I trust you've found the program helpful. And if you would to learn more about what the book of Revelation reveals about your future, visit our website, which will be displayed on the screen momentarily, where you can read Revelation, the Mystery Unveiled. Be sure to visit us again next week at the same time when Richard Ames, Gerald Weston and I will bring you even more good news of tomorrow's world. Until then, goodbye, friends. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. The preceding program has been produced by the Living Church of God.